When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati talking a little bit, looping back around about the prospects. I think the tight end room was one of the first positions that we really dove deep into. And, and you've watched plenty of tape when it comes to Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer. Uh, how, how are you feeling about the prospects now? I almost called him Michael Meyer. I know, groovy. Awesome powers. You know what's so funny about that is I joked on Twitter about all the people calling him Michael Myers, and I feel terrible, Michael Mayer. Um, he's from Cubcat, the Cincinnati area. I, I almost butchered his last name, and he's one of the prospects that I like at 28. But right now, he's all over the place because early on going into the offseason, a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to be gone. He's the top tight end. Mm-hmm. Now it's the Don Kincaid who's moving up in, in the mock drafts, and none of that really matters at the end of the day. We'll just see what happens on draft night. Now it's like maybe Michael Mayer is a day two pick, but he's not going to be there when the Bengals pick in the 60s. But at the same time, um, how, how are you feeling about this this tight end group? And do you feel any better about them going tight end at 28? Um, if everything goes project, like Darnell Wright's gone, then I feel better them, about them going tight end at 28 than I do offensive tackle. Just I feel like it's less of a reach, whether it's for almost any of those guys. Even the guy that Lance Zerline had go, Luke Musgrave, complete projection. I mean, th- that part's crazy. He has 500 career yards. He was doing really well this year before he got hurt. He played in like three games, though, but he did have like 200 yards. He was on pace for a really good season. I I, I, I can sell myself more on those guys as complete profiles and players more than I can the offensive tackles. Not that, you know, Darnell Washington doesn't really have much of a receiving profile. But the idea is there. You have Irv Smith. You pair him with Washington. And now this season specifically, your 12 personnel is going to be really good. It should be. On paper, at least, it's really good. You've got Irv Smith as your move guy. You've got Darnell Washington as your extra offensive tackle. And he has some stuff to clean up, sure. But he's one of the best blocking tight end prospects I've ever watched. Um, It's funny. Everybody always does these baby Gronk stuff. And it's never a guy that can block like Gronk. And then Washington – he can't catch like Gronk or anything. Like, I'm not projecting anything like that. But if you're talking about a guy that can block, man, that's him. Then that's why I keep thinking of him as like a Mercedes Lewis, where and maybe it'll take a few years. Tight ends typically do. Uh, that's where I am with him. Is just like he could become and might be better uh, in a extra offensive tackle early on, and then later on he develops to receiving and can become a consistent 600 yard type guy. Other than him, there you know Michael Mayer, as you mentioned. You were in love with him at one point, and now it feels like it's definitely cooled off. Uh, I just don't know. He's very complete, and he steps in, and he's a good tight end. I think he is the one guy I I would take at 28 and pencil in or over Irv Smith as the full-time tight end probably by, like, week three. I just think the thing that always gets me with – you know, young tight ends is they don't release well or the, you know, the technical aspects of the game. Michael Mayer 
releases really well. He gets hands off of him. He keeps his body clean. He has a variety of releases to use. This is what I love about his game. It's just he's not an elite athlete, and the testing showed that, and it was on film too. It's not like that was something that should have shocked people. Also, compared to the everybody else who seemed to test as an elite athlete, it makes it look worse. There's there's never an average athlete that's always at the top. You know, it's these you know above average athletes that are at the top that people question. But he's not an elite athlete, and it, you question how much better his blocking can get from just about fine to pretty good. Can he be an all-around blocking Darnell Washington? Probably not. And I think some of that comes back to his arm length of being 31 inches. But there's some stuff he can clean up and get even better at being a blocking type. It's just, you know, what is the ceiling, I think is what people will ask. I compared him to Hunter Henry, and I think Hunter Henry's underrated now because he's with the Patriots and they're not really using him full-time. But Hunter Henry was like a 700-yard guy with the Chargers and always seemed to be the next breakout guy. But that guy with Joe Burrow and uh, the Spangles offense is going to be a lot better. So that's my Michael Mayer thought. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, I don't see them being interested in, but it's fun. Uh, he just can't block at all. Maybe in space a little bit. It's just He's basically a receiver. Hey, if you loved Mike Kosicki, you should love Dalton Kincaid because Mike Kosicki can't block a lick either. So if you just want big receiver, that's your guy. He's incredible hands he's dropped like one percent of his passes over his career best contested catch guy in the class i think or up there at the top five and he's very athletic he's fast one thing i would say is he can kind of tempo his stuff better he just kind of goes full go the entire time he also doesn't release which is you know the thing is like nobody no tight ends have come out of college with clean releases except michael mayer and the last one was luke musgrave just because he went in the mock Athletic, just like Kincaid, he can block a little bit better. Kincaid, if you love the idea of Kincaid but wish there was a ceiling with his blocking, that's Luke Musgrave. There's there's a possibility he can block, but there's no production. It's a big question mark, and there's a reason that I think he's being mocked as a second round pick. But I will say on film, I gave them I gave them the same grade because I just the difference in the production, the difference in what. Kincaid's able to do hands wise, you know, catching the ball and where he's better than Musgrave is kind of made up for by the fact that Musgrave's actually an okay blocker. Like he, he actually can move some guys and get in their way a little bit. I don't think I'll ever forget the Florida game for Dalton Kincaid where he's getting bullied by everybody. So that is the quick rundown on the top four. Cause I watched all those guys when it comes to like mid round types, I haven't watched a ton of them. Um, when we talk about the second round, I like Tucker Craft more than um, Sam Laporta, just because I think Tucker Craft is the more complete guy. Sam Laporta, I don't see the blocking similar to Dalton Kincaid, except he also isn't as refined as a receiver. Tucker Craft, he's not really refined in anything, but the ceilings there on both sides, he could be, uh, you know, he could become a really good blocker. I think. He's got the size, he's got the length, he's got the ability, and he also be a good receiver because he's got the athleticism, he's got pretty good hands. It's just he played at South Dakota, I think South Dakota, maybe South Dakota, I think South Dakota State. He played at South Dakota State, and, and he didn't dominate it. So that's all those guys. Then you get into guys I haven't watched, but I want to watch, like with Schoonmaker, Josh Wiley, the Cincinnati guy, Will Mallory tested really well for Miami. I caught one game of uh, Davis Allen, from Clemson and I thought whatever uh, but you know he's a guy he's like I think he's up there for the best contested catch guy as well so if you're just looking for the red zone threat that could be him so 
whew, that is the speed run on the tight ends. I hope everybody that's listening is caught up now, <laughs> at least on my opinions. There are two things I want to say. So the Michael Mayer thing, because I've said it before on this podcast, it just feels like such a Cincinnati move. Um, you have Sam yeah. Hubbard. Who's yeah, I think he's now. the favorite, right? Like if you Joe pick Burrow. right now, who are the Bengals going with? If you had to guess right now at 28. Michael Mayer, if he's there. I know. Yeah. Michael Mayer, if he's there. That's what I keep coming back to. Like, I think that's the pick if he's there. So what's crazy about it is it's it's the combine. Obviously, they they interviewed him there and he talked about it. But him just saying, oh, who day stadium or catching footballs from Joe Burrow. Of course, you know, just his family's from the area. And it just feels like such a Cincinnati pick. And not just because he's from I, I say Cincinnati Cub Calf is obviously across the river, but same difference. Um, sorry if anybody gets upset about that. But uh, but he's from the area. And it just feels like this guy is and he would be a great talent on the offense. I mean, it's not like they're just like they're reaching for for someone at that position because a lot of people have them uh now going back in the first round it keeps flip-flopping some will have him in the second round and then it's like oh he's gonna go in the top 20 and then maybe he'll be available at 28 and then the saints pick him at 29 it's just it's absolutely crazy um the the draft boards right now we talked about job. it well we talked about it we talked about it uh going into even like probably early february the mind your mind is going to change so many times before we get to the april draft and mine has when it comes to position groups uh but it does it feels like if he is there that they they go that way but you can look at a lot of other teams like you can look at the cowboys the green bay packers they might go tight in um yeah. there's just teams before them but i'm kind of hoping i actually uh, said this on twitter the other day i hope all of these quarterbacks because they're getting talked up a lot right now all of them go in the top 20 Every team needs a quarterback. Go get your quarterback in the first round. I don't care if you really believe in the guy or not. Uh, just get all the quarterbacks off the board in the first round, and then and then all the other position groups are going to fall to the rest of the uh, team. So I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go with it. But the reason that I'm flip-flopping on the tight end position group, and I'm influenced by social media because I keep hearing, you're going to make me feel better after I say this, it's the position group value in the first round. A lot of people tell me it's a tight end. You know, why are you going to say, and I know they had Tyler Eifer and Jermaine Gresham, but why are you taking a tight end when you can get positional value out of a cornerback, um, which they will need going into the following season? And you you could have cornerback depth if Cheeto isn't ready. But at the same time, a lot of people are like, mm, I'm not really filling the tight end class. Maybe you can get a second round guy. Yeah, I part of me feels like I need to watch more of the tight end class before I have a real opinion on these mid round types. I think when I think of why I think when I think uh, I think of why I'm not fully in on tight end at 28, it's looking at the history of first round tight ends and where do the best tight ends come from? Travis Kelsey wasn't a first round pick. Rob Gronkowski wasn't a first round pick. George Kittle wasn't a first round pick. Mark Andrews wasn't a first round pick. Darren Waller wasn't a first round pick. Like we look at all that. It's like none of these guys are first round picks. Yeah, the, they're they're amazing talents that you find day two, day three. So why can't the Bengals find that? But and I think with corner is the interesting one. If they're willing to take a corner, I would think there's a corner that I at least think is as good as uh, Michael Mayer. So if you do want to do the position value thing there, go ahead. I don't think there will be an offensive tackle there as good as Michael Mayer, and that's just my feelings on. Anton Harrison and Dewan Jones since he didn't test. So with that in mind, to me, the positional value thing is more of a tiebreaker within a bucket. 
you have so many first round talents. You have so many top 10 talents. You have so many second round guys, third round guys, et cetera, just to use a loose breakdown. If you have a first round grade on Michael Mayer and the best tackle corner, every other, you know, more valuable position has a second round grade. To me, I'm still taking Michael Mayer. He's the first round grade. Like you don't reach. That's, that's the whole thing with reaching for a position that you need or a position of value to me that's how you end up with sorry to the, the dolphin but like austin jackson instead of getting a guy you know because you're like i gotta get an offensive tackle offensive tackle is a really valuable position we have to take one because we don't have one so let's go grab this guy he's the best available on the board and there's nothing wrong with when the dolphins took him. It's just, he didn't pan out. I guess they also took Noah Igbenogany who hasn't panned out at corner, but you know, just as an example, like there's offensive tackles that go late in the first round and it feels like they could have gotten a better player at a different position. And that goes really with other positions to corner. Think about the Steelers taking uh, Artie Burns after they got sniped on Will Jackson and not taking a, you know, instead of just taking the next guy at a different position of less value, they took their dead set on corner. They need the valuable position. Where else can you get them? Not outside the first round. And then you end up taking that guy and just say, reaching on a guy, sorry, Nick, uh, for <laughs> uh, reaching on a guy. And just because he's a position of value and a position of need, to me doesn't really work out as often as just taking the, what falls to you. That's why you want to be BPA and have all your needs filled heading into the draft. So tackle doesn't fall to you. You don't freak out and take the next guy. You don't take Billy Price because right in front of you went Frank Ragno. Uh, you, you pivot off Billy Price and you take the best guy available at a different position. So that's why I don't want to be locked into positions. I don't want to be locked into positional value. This is also Bijan Robinson talk. I would take him at 28 over pretty much everybody that we have talked about. That guy's a top 10 talent in this draft and pick 28 is almost the second round. I don't really understand why that's such a controversial thing, but I also get people saying they would take um, Jameer Gibbs there and Gibbs is really yeah. good, but to me, Gibbs is the type that you're like, well, the value of a running back and you know, he might be a late first round talent, but because of the value, you move him into the second round. With Bijan, it's like a top 10, clear first round running back type. You take that. You take the 28 for sure. Uh, with Gibbs, it's not really a reach. It's just going for a position of less value. So I think that's the other end of the argument of like, that's when you take your other guys over him. I was just about to follow up with Gibbs because I'm seeing that hype now. Because I think a lot of people are realizing that Robinson's going to be gone. I, I mean, I think he's going to the Eagles. I think he's a top wow. 10. That's It just feels perfect for the Eagles. And I think that would be fun for their offense. Um, him Firing going from the-, the hip, I think it's going to annoy everybody. And he's going to go to the Bucks at 19. And nobody will be happy. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, there were some. Um, the I think it was the mock draft of Luke Musgrave. Um, it was uh, he was going to the Bills. Oh, I don't think the Bills take him. I don't think the Bills value running back at all. Really? Oh, I think he would be. I mean, oh, he not- would be super fun there. Oh, you mean Gibbs or you mean Bijan? Bijan. Okay, Sorry. yeah, Bijan. They're definitely not taking Gibbs. I don't think if Bijan was there, I think it would challenge them. The thing is, I think the Bengals would take Bijan. Because I think 100%. they're fine. Look, they paid Joe Mixon. They they don't fall into the running backs don't matter thing. 
Sorry to those who are fully in belief of that, uh, but they they would they would take B. John Robinson because he passes every grade uh, possible. Uh, but the Bills do seem to be in the no running backs are worth premium positions or you know draft capital to me at least that's what I think when I see them. So I think they would skip him, but I don't think the Bucks would. And the Eagles would be interesting. Because I think they are more like the running backs don't matter analytic type, but at the same time, they just went to a Super Bowl, and you see those teams all the time just kind of go like, uh, Miles Sanders couldn't cut it. Like, what if we had this guy? And it'd be, it would be fun. I mean, it'd be super fun. I think a lot of people watched, and not a great example because they didn't win the Lombardi, and they had a chance to almost two years in a row. But I think you look at this Bengals offense, and everybody's like, I want playmakers. Give me all the playmakers that I can possibly have, and I want to load up on them. Um, and he would definitely be a great addition to an NFL team. Hopefully, he just stays out of the AFC North. Uh, but we'll have more next luckily, time. Oh, uh, I was just saying, luckily, I think for the AFC North, yeah, we're good. You no, know, I look. You look across, and most of the spots are filled. The Ravens are the one scary one, but I don't think they would do it. I don't know what the Ravens are doing right now. But uh, we'll have more next on Toys Game Day in Cincinnati.